to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Nebraska did have their pro day today. I actually went out there. It's uh, it's my first pro day, I think, since 2014 that I went to. The last one I went to was uh, the Mir Abdullah Randy Gregory pro day. So that was uh, that was a lot of fun. And uh, to be honest with you, Nebraska. It hasn't had a whole lot of pro days over the years that have warranted uh, always going to because they don't have high-end draft picks. This year, I'm fascinated by the group, um, uh, but, you know, just between JoJo Doman and, and Cam Jurgens and Austin Allen and Cam Taylor Britt, all those guys invited to the Combine. Uh, but you still have guys like Damian Daniels and uh, Samari Toure that I think have an outside shot of, of getting drafted. And I shouldn't say outside. Maybe, you know, might be sixth or seventh round, uh, but still have an opportunity to get in there. Um, safeties. Uh, Deontay Williams, who, you know, was really good. He, unfortunately, just so many injuries in his career stacked up, or I think he would be considered a little bit more. Mark Markel Smook, a three-year starter. Ben Stilley, uh, one of pro football focuses, at least favorite players on Nebraska football. So uh, it's an interesting group out there. Uh, I did want to update this, too. Uh, the 40 times today, a lot of uh, a lot of guys running 40, 40 times. I think Samari Toure's 40 time will help him out. 4.43 uh, for him. So uh, that's going to be pretty nice. Pretty good. For them. Yeah. Deontay Williams, a 4.48. I think that's pretty good for a safety, too. I didn't necessarily Absolutely. see that sort of speed uh, coming from him. Jojo Doman, a 4.6, which is good for his versatility. Solid. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Levi Falk also a four six, uh, and then for the bigger guys, uh, Mark Ellis Smith by the way a four seven five. Um, not the, very good. Yeah, not not as not as good. But uh, for the defensive line, Ben Stilley ran a five flat, and Damian Daniels a five four. And of course, he's a uh, he's a lot bigger than everybody else out there. So I guess a little. Uh, I would have liked Damian to be down a little bit closer to five one ish. Yeah, you know, for him to 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 really bow well, it could change. Um, uh, you know, even for his size, you know, you want to be able to show the ability to to be shifty inside, good hips, good good body, good good rundown ability if, as you chase down the line. So I would have liked that to be a little bit lower, but hey, you never know. Yeah, and it, you know, it's uh, it is what it is. This is kind of the day that you you are able to make up for maybe some bad uh, pro day for for. Uh, 40s. I thought I was surprised Austin Allen didn't run one. I thought maybe he could uh, improve upon his score there. Um, Cam Taylor uh, Britt obviously deciding not to. He ran a 4.38 at, at the combine, so you keep that score. That's pretty good. I would. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't do nothing with that. Yeah. You don't touch it. So uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, all the other numbers that come out of it. Maybe we can uh, go ahead and, and announce those later today. I'll have to look at it. But uh, of that group, or, or maybe just you know the whole group, everybody, the departing group from the Husker football, I've been asking kind of today because um, usually when we bring up the, this class, it's kind of who's getting drafted first and where's everybody going. And we, we do that a lot. We'll do it again because it's a lot of fun. Um, but maybe not so much for them moving forward, but for Nebraska next year, um, regardless of whether they could have come back or not, I'm not, I'm not doing the, the, the Thing where you know they really could have used Cam Jurgens another year. So even the seniors, uh, throw everybody in the group together. Who do you think Nebraska is going to miss the most? <clears throat> most, most, mostly, I would have said JoJo Doman, and I think you know that wouldn't be something that most people would disagree with me on. Um, but some reason, I, I I think it's in the secondary. I think you have good linebackers there. I think. Um, they they could probably fill somebody, maybe not the shoes of a JoJo Doman, but I'm 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 thinking like Cam Taylor Brett. 
because just his experience, his leadership, what he brought out there, other than the Smith, uh, the uh, uh, Smith Jew, I mean, in Jigba. Yeah. Um, um, other than the Ohio State game where he went nuts, and obviously that wasn't all uh, Camp Taylor Britt. I remember watching the game. A lot of the times that he was matched up with him, he was there. He was he was with him. Um, a lot of a lot of that came out of the slot for Injigba. Yeah. Um, a lot out of the slot, and then and obviously so. I mean, you know, they they don't have that same speed that can handle uh, you know Smith and Jigba in in the slot. They just didn't have that at that time. So I, I would say Cam Taylor Britt on the outside. I look at all the other games and what the receivers had done outside of the Ohio State game, the, the Oklahoma game, as well as the Michigan game, some of the bigger games. I looked at and I just felt that Cam Taylor Britt, you know, their receivers, no one got really over 70 yards. And, and I think that's part of his lockdown ability. I think if I would have been <clears throat> Shenander in those situations, I would have ran Cam, Cam Taylor Britt wherever Smith and Jigba went. You know, but that's just not their style. You know, um, he reminds me of a he has the potential to be. I'm not saying he is uh, Jalen Ramsey ish. I think he has good hips, good ability, but I, I think he has the versatility to move around. And I think that's what's going to make him valuable. And I, I just don't think that's Shenander's uh, way of doing it. I know he likes, you know, he will move them, you know, wide side of the field, short side of the field, so forth and so on. But I don't think he moves them around with specific receivers. So. Yeah, well, that and with Ohio State, you have to remember uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba was not the prime receiver to exactly. worry about it that day. There's, you know, the Chris Olave. It was Olave. Yeah, they, yeah, they've got some players there, um, and Olave didn't have a great game. No, yeah. So uh, he's on the outside. They most did of the something, night. but exactly. Jackson Smith and Jigba sure did. So uh, that was uh, that was quite a game for them. And, and obviously, um, Nebraska's not going to see too many teams in the Big Ten. You know, it's it's more important to be stout up front. Um, so maybe that plays in the decision as well. But I think you're right. I mean, if you look over the last couple of years, I know these guys aren't incredibly ballyhooed, um, but they have made their mark in the NFL. Cam Taylor Britt, I think, is going to go on to do that. Um, you know, you kind of mm-hmm. go to the year uh, before. Um, that, you know, Lamar Jackson, I guess that was two years ago now that Lamar Jackson, uh, kind of had his stint when, when he left Nebraska looking, looking pretty good. Uh, DiCaprio Boodle, obviously, I don't know it, it, and it might be, we're going to kind of wait and see on this. Um, but I don't know if they have a cornerback in that, in that room right now. That's as good as those guys. Quentin Newsom, um, I think started to, to blossom toward the end of last year, but at the beginning he was kind of the one question mark of the defense, I suppose, because everybody else had played for quite a bit of time and you kind of knew what they brought to the table. Um, but I thought he improved. I don't know if I would be ready yeah. to say he's at the level of, you know, where DiCaprio Boodle was or, you know, any of those guys when they left. Um, but, you know, maybe between him, Tommy Hill, it sounds like, has got a good chance to be the starter out there at corner. Um, they can pick it up, but I could see that being a drop-off. Uh, let's go to the text line for some of you guys' response as well. Um, <laughs> a big fan of the Huskers. I, I can't even say his nickname. I don't know why it's it's written like this on here. I'm not going to say his nickname, uh, but he says Daniels and it's not even close. Um, so I think that there is something to be said about Damian Daniels and his nose tackle ability. Um, and in what they like to run in the three, four, do they have a three, four nose tackle now? Or are they going to have to run more four, three because of, you know, you, you can't force it if you don't have it. Um, that can lead to some more problems. And he's I'm hoping guy, the polar bear steps up. I'm yeah. hoping the polar bear steps up. That's just me. They've got some guys that I think that can that can you know s- step into his place. But man, uh, talk about a guy that I think would have would have done well if he would have came back because yeah. he was just coming on. And I don't yeah. know if he showed enough. Like he showed flashes 
of being yes, that that's guy. That's why I thought he should have came back. Yeah. Bob. I, I, I thought he should have made one more run at it and it would have gave him a better chance because then if, if you come back and then you dominate it, you know, I, you know, there, there was, there was just a phenomenal thing in watching Dominic and Dominic and Sue just dominate the front line the way that he did. And then to come back and then you also, I mean, it's a similar thing with the Daniels type of situation, right? There's so many good, big defensive tackles that are coming out this year. And, you know, you're not going to fall in that top five group. So you're going to fall late in the rounds. You come back, you change the narrative. You guys maybe put some wins on the board and do something unique and special. Maybe come out with, you know, shoot, um, maybe a, I don't know, maybe a eight and, you know, yeah, what three record? Yeah, eight, eight, and, uh, eight and well, four. no, nine and three, nine and three, yeah. But individually, like I eight thought and, eight I, and four. Yeah. Then now, now you talking? Now people is like, you know, they checking you out. Then you can drop that forty time a little bit. Now you may have something. I thought he maybe should have came back. Yeah, and, it, and it's a it's huge blow to Nebraska too because it's on both yeah. sides of the line. And and we talk about how important line play is. You lost Cam Jurgens probably a year early. You lost Damian Daniels a year early. Not necessarily Cam Jurgens has got a chance to make some noise though. I think he can I think as a lineman with versatility that he has, I think he's got a chance to do something. I think he could. I just think that both him and Daniels were coming on enough that Too it was early. like they were going to have um, potentially, and maybe it's just projecting, but they looked like they were going to be close to all-conference type of players um, and, and kind of and, you know getting into that mold. Now leaving early, they're, they, they still had – I mean, it doesn't take away from the potential that it looked like they could do that, so that's why they're going to get some interest. And you're, like Cam, you're right, Cam Jurgens more so than Daniels, but um, I, just, you know, I, I think that they're a year away from really individually mm-hmm. showing out. Like you said, if Nebraska would have improved quite a bit, I think it could have helped both their draft stock. But it's the same thing we say with Bryce McGowan's. You know, if you got the opportunity and, and you, it's been your dream your whole life, who's to tell you no? Um, um, so, uh, you know, they're moving on there. Uh, uh, Derek, by the way, points out that uh, Cam Jurgens' uh, departure is the most impactful to him as well. Um, somebody asked whatever happened to Noah Pola Gates. He's still on the team. Uh, and, uh, and I think we'll see if, you know, he was a big-time recruit. Uh, from what we were hearing early, Deshaun Singleton, a guy that they, they brought in as a juke over the over the, uh, um, over the offseason here, is, uh, is taking – is looking taking strides. Looks like to be the part at safety. So it's going to be a fight to get those minutes. But no, Pola Gates was the backup safety. He just didn't get a whole lot of looks. Uh, you know, it seemed like if if there were looks, it was going to Miles Farmer, uh, and that was very rare because obviously for the last couple of years you've had Deontay Williams and Markel Dismuke, uh carrying that load there at safety. But we'll see if it, that's what I'm. I'm fascinated to see if they. I th- I think you're right. I think their secondary talent is almost going to have to to be lowered down a little bit because they're losing three guys that have been there for mm-hmm. a few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that's going to be the thing to watch. I mean, they've got great guys coming in. Uh, some of the guys that are coming in in the summer, it's so hard to pick up those those coverages and those those adjustments, those audibles, all of those changes when you're coming. It just depends on what you did in your high school. I mean, sometimes a perennial high school's they run very sophisticated coverage, you know, schemes and so forth and so on. You got to learn the terminology in such a short period of time. But again, your abilities, your abilities to pick up quickly can can change that whole thing. But I think they've got enough right now that you you can say that 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 will bode well. You're hoping that some of the guys that are coming in um, can that have some injuries can get healthy so that you you have some depth there and you're not overly concerned about. Uh, you know, mistakes, but you know, some of the talk that's coming out of there, out of the camp is they're talking about 
that the competition levels have raised. I'm also impressed by what we had talked about in the past. We've been talking about with the basketball team. We're also discussed some of the football team is we talked about foundational leadership qualities that we, we also discussed with Martinez leaving. We talked about that, that, that leadership, who's going to step up and be those you're seeing it that, that they're, they're putting Prosca and they're putting, um, you know, guys that are injured, you know, in those positions to, to take leadership roles and to be able to, to fill in Newsom, basically they're saying is taken over and is creating there. It's like, they're all just, just organically putting together leadership roles and they're stepping into it and they're filling it up and they're willing to step in and, and the young guys are willing to step up and the older guys are willing to kind of get in the ears and there seems to be no, no schism and no, no craziness. That's what it sounds like to me. And I'm, and, and that's encouraging to hear that, that you're building a culture and hopefully it'll start to show on the field. Yeah. And certainly it's, it's fascinating because the power dynamic is changing because you lose all your captains. Basically they all either graduated or, or moved on to another place. Um, and that was uh yeah, you had to question whether it's it's from the top down, like they're making a lot of changes. We've heard all about that uh, in, in kind of the, uh, I, I guess, just kind of the, 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 it seemed like it was kind of a top-down organization with Fred, you know, uh, or, or excuse me, Scott Frost at the top, and so everybody was kind of looking up to him. Now it seems like the position groups and the position coaches are kind of taking more of that uh, that role as being the guy to we look up to. That. And Yeah, so um, that sort of thing seems yeah. to be changing, but it, it has to be, like you said, the player dynamic as well. Your leaders, or, or what it, it, some would point to lack of leadership because it mm-hmm. did not get you over the hump there in so many of those close games at the end. Um, it, it, it's, it's kind of left a void now with all those guys gone. So you need to step it up. And clearly, um, it's, it's hard to critique just that area, um, because it's hard to measure it, but, uh, it, 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 you feel like it needs to improve because that could be a a point where that could have just got them over the hump. And again, that hump was, was so small. It was so close to getting there. They just couldn't do it. And if they had it, it could have made quite a difference throughout the year. I also wanted to bring up, yeah, it wasn't a Mount Rushmore hump. It was like, a camel's hump. It wasn't even, yeah. you know, it was like you, you're sitting on the camel, you're looking up and you're seeing these big old hills and the, the, the pyramids of Giza and all that. And you didn't have to climb the Giza. You just basically had to climb the hump yeah. or the camel. That's really how close, but they, they, they couldn't That's do it. No matter how it. hard they like same strategy, just run right into the hump every time. Yep. Uh, yep. But I, I did want to mention this too. And this is uh, more so um, with the wide receivers, but I, I kind of hope that it speaks all together. And maybe you don't, I mean, there's kind of differing, uh, differing opinions on this. Um, this is from Brian Christopherson of Husker 24 seven. He caught this quote um, once again, from the new wide receiver coach, Mickey Joseph, when asked about Camonte Grimes, Latrell Neville, Sean Hardy, some of those guys that maybe get lost when we talk about the wide receiver room and how they're so deep. And you mentioned six or seven guys, some of those other guys kind of get lost. He said, they got to continue to improve and I'm going to put pressure on them. I spoke to all of them and they're playing for roster spots. It's not the old days where you're just going to sit here for three years and not play. You're playing for roster spots and you're going to get it done or you're going to get it done somewhere else because we're not going to sit back and just try to help you develop and you're not going to continue to develop 
develop. If you don't want to develop, then I don't know if you're going to be able to play for me. Um, so that's fascinating. I mean, that's that's the type of leadership that I'm talking about within those when within those right. position groups is that you know he's not he's not you know walking around asking Scott Frost permission if he can you know if he has to play nice with all his players. He's saying we we might lose some of these scholarship guys if they're not improving because that's that's the business. That's what it is today. And I know, I know some people wouldn't like that, but again, if if they're doing that at the top places at Ohio State's and, and stuff like that, if you're not doing, if you're just going to be nice because you offered a scholarship a kid to a kid at one point in time, and now you don't see him putting in the effort or making the the improvement that needs to be made, you know, it, it is nice to to continue to to help the guy out on scholarship, but that's a scholarship that could go toward helping the team. Yeah, yeah absolutely, and I love that they're putting that type of pressure on the kids. Uh, either get it done or get gone. You know, I, that, that's basically what it comes down to. And, and, and that's what, that's the beautiful thing about having depth. And that's also the beautiful thing about empowering your coaching staff, because you, you can have and make the decisions based on what's going on in your room, based on what you see, because you're with the kids all the time. It's not always what they do on the practice field or on the court. Uh, it's what they're doing off. It's what they're doing in the weight room. It's what they're doing in all these different aspects. What are, how are they grading? Are they watching film? How much are they coming in? It's all these different things that you have to see. And sometimes it's just the little things that matter. And so we're hoping that that, that, that culture will continue to be built on. Yeah, hopefully. And hopefully it can turn, uh, turn Nebraska into a winning culture, have some winning uh, winners done. We, we, all, we have winners all every day. We give out uh, uh, some chicken for some winners, and it is that time. $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings is on the line. Your chance uh, to win that in Shootout with Strick, which is coming up next. It's just a little game show we have if you beat Strick in a, in a – basically an either or uh type of uh shootout and then we have the money ball at the end which is an open-ended question but not too hard you can't be too wrong it's just one or the other uh so first one in line will get the chance to win today be the winner today 402-464-5685 give us a call first one in line once again we'll get to play shootout with strict 402-464-5685 call right now and first one in line will get the opportunity to play when we come back that's coming up next here on the block on 93.7 the ticket 